Now this is Hollywood Unlocked. What up, everybody? This is Hollywood Unlocked Uncensored. I'm Jason Lee. I'm Melissa Ford, a.k.a. The Curve Queen. Yeah, it was DJ Damage. And I am having anxiety. Breathe, Jason. Breathe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I'm having anxiety when I just came off of a one-hour live with Iyanla Van Zandt on the Quarantine Chronicles on Hollywood Unlocked. I'm stressed out. Why? Um, okay, well, I want to hear about that because I didn't get a chance to do to 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 check in with that because I was doing research on our, our um, hot topics. However, let me tell you what you need to do. This what? is a Navy SEALs breathing <laughs> technique, okay? Oh, God. Here we go. You, you breathe in through your nose and you count to four. Full lung capacity. Full lung capacity. <laughs> already gave up. <laughs> and then you breathe out counting to four. So it's one, two, three, four in through your nose. One, two, three, four out through your Listen, mouth. I didn't even like- do this when I got shot, okay? <laughs> I, I just, I quit. And that Actually- is it. And the thought of counting while I'm breathing is more anxiety. <laughs> I actually do that when I'm trying to lose my hiccups. I do that breathing technique. Oh, no. You want to know what you do for hiccups? You take a spoonful of sugar. Oh, wow. No, that's, no, that's no, no. Because we're trying to lose weight. I'm trying to lose weight. I've been trying to, you know how long I've, I think I've been trying to lose weight longer than I've been alive. <laughs> you know, and, and the thing that's so frustrating, like, you know, Ianla, we were when we were on live, people were like saying mean things about me. You know, I don't like him or he's me. He's this, he's that, whatever. And Iyana was like, right now is not the time to be hating on nobody. Like right, right now is the time to be putting out positive energy. There are still people who are trolling during the coronavirus. Why can't they catch it? That's what I don't understand. You, you know what's deep? Because uh, Dame Dash said this. He said he appreciates the hate because it helps you recognize love. So if it wasn't for so much hate, you want to know you got all this love in the building right here. Listen, God, God is my armor. I am good. I am not. I, I don't let the haters do anything with me. In fact, I'm creating more content for their asses. I'm now <laughs> in the process of developing my own late night YouTube show. And we are buying all the equipment and making our digital stuff and our sound. And we this shit's going to be so lit. That's and, fire. and when they get the information, they're just going to gag. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. So it's coming. Mm, fuck the haters. Yeah, you know, But it's just like right now is not the time. First, I want to say to everybody out there, hopefully you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and uh, where else? iHeart. Just wherever you've been listening to us, keep listening to us there and keep sharing it. But, you know, we're doing this show not because we have nothing to do, but that is a part of it. The other part <laughs> is that you guys keep showing up and we mm-hmm. appreciate that the audience keeps tuning in because this show has been through so much i tell you it's it's um this is now now the show has to survive coronavirus coronavirus yeah Yeah. well you know i mean a lot of people they need the distraction from what you know what's happening in the world and and their lives and at at home you know i just we just posted up this uh the this um you know, our last topic on I'm here for the food, we were talking about the spike in domestic violence oh, yeah. complaints, you know, um, and I, I predicted that shit like three weeks ago, you know, you're gonna be quarantined with your abuser. And then there's kids out of school. So there's mm-hmm. no mandatory reporting. So there's been a drop in, you know, calls to child abuse and neglect 
hotlines, but that doesn't mean that, you know, the abusers stop like beating up on their kids. So, um, you know, like there's people are really trying to escape uh, yeah. and, not their their reality. And you know? I, feel, so, I feel really bad for all those men out there that's getting beat up by their girlfriends, man, because I, I hear about it time and time again. I'm seeing it being posted about it's a lot of women beating up on their boyfriend. Damage. Are you being serious? right I now? I am being serious. You know, everybody thinks it's just guys beating up women. There are women smacking the shit out of their husbands and boyfriends every day. It's an epidemic. Listen, let's be clear. Domestic violence does go both ways. Uh, mm -hmm. My grandmother used to beat up on my grandfather, and he was very. she was very abusive to him. And so, yeah, shout out to all the men that are enduring. And also, it's one thing when you wake up to your partner that has bad breath, but I know, like, weaves have not been getting done lately. <laughs> and, I mean, but this is where, like, this is where, like, if you're fighting with your partner, this is where you take her outside and you sit down and you say, now that I'm speaking to you for real, mm -hmm. <laughs> let's talk. <laughs> Jason, why does your hair look lined up? Like, did because you sneak I got your barber in? Yep, oh. sure did. But let me be very clear. Hold on. Let me be very clear because I'm not, we're not going to do quarantine shaming. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're not going to do that. Let me say this. My barber does come to my house in full hazmat and I'm going to say damage, damage. Back up from the camera a little bit. <laughs> No, back, back up just a little bit because damage got to line up too. Yeah, I got a little cleaner. I'm a snitch. If I'm going to get shamed, damage did it too. <laughs> let's be clear here. The barber is one of the most cleanest professions you got. They always got to use Lysol, alcohol. They have all the equipment, you know, ready for Corona before this coronavirus started. You know, they have rubbing alcohol. It's not, it's not the barber that's the problem. It's how many clients is he taking that are not taking quarantine precautions. I saw down. Wait, now while he was cutting my hair, he did try, he did touch my face to align me up. <laughs> and although he had gloves and a mask on, I went the fuck off on him. <laughs> now I will say, I also have my housekeeper come over and let me explain that. Hey. Now she sneezed she almost became unemployed. Now there's a lot of people oh out there God. fighting unemployment and I had to, you know, I don't never have to check my people, but I was like, girl, like now I have to, now I have to get my humidifiers and mystify my whole place here because you <laughs> might have left Corona on the bed. Oh God. But sneezing has nothing to do with Corona. That's yes, allergy. it does. No, 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 no. But that, no. no, that's like a motherfucker to slide in you raw talking about, oh, that bump is just, uh, you know, oh, I mean, no. <laughs> You left that bump here when you came over knowing what you had. You may sneeze and the corona's deep in your lung. <sighs> and then now it's all on my bedspread. No. Oh my God. Oh my God. Well, I'm going to pray for you, Jason, that your housekeeper did not bring corona into the house. No, you better pray for her because if she did, Jason's going to be in cell block 32. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Jail's not the place for you. They're letting people out of there too. They're letting people free. So, well, let me just say, right since we're on this topic, I'm actually working um, on getting a friend of mine out of prison in Kansas. He's in Lansing Correctional Facility. I've been working with the governor's office, Laura Kelly. She's a new Democratic governor. She's big on prison reform. But I will tell you, I'm learning more and more about how fucked up the system really is, how within the system, there's so many clogs and mm -hmm. um, uh, the system, when they say it's broken, it's so I know an aha moment. But having gone through the processes of having him fill out his paperwork, this man was uh, living in Stockton. His name is Dante Westmoreland. He was living in Stockton. He was raising his two brothers with his grandmother. Mm -hmm. He didn't have a job. You know, he decided he wanted to sell marijuana. This was before all the legislation on uh, reforms, all the reforms on legalizing marijuana. He went to Kansas. He got caught with a pound of marijuana and got sentenced 
to eight years in prison, his first time ever having been in contact with the law. He's already served three years and he's now serving another five years. So I just started with like calling saying, hey, you're big on prison reform. Here's one example that we can work together on. This was while Kim Kardashian was doing her thing, but I wasn't mm-hmm. doing it for the public. I was doing it on the low, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now what's happened is he's applied to for clemency three times. They keep losing his paperwork. They keep mm-hmm. uh, mismanaging who's supposed to be points. So finally I called the governor's office and I went off and I said, I'm going to fly to Kansas. I'm going to start investigating and interviewing and whatever and go public with it. And so then they put me to the secretary of prisons. And so now what's happening is they're now harassing him in the prison He used to go out and talk to kids about not committing crimes. Now they're Mm -hmm. going and saying the governor's office is calling, looking all in our business. Now they're harassing him. And so now I've like turned it up a notch and now I'm going to come public. Uh, I'm going to actually post on Hollywood Unlocked about it and just ask people to tag the governor. And just uh, I got a call from our office yesterday because I text him saying, yo, I'm about to like get off of y'all asses. Mm -hmm. And And I just think about the many people in prison. And Melissa, you're far more intellectual and you know, understanding of like the history of prison systems and all that. But I can only imagine the people who are in prison, whose family members are in prison, who have no, who feel powerless, who have no resources, who have no platforms, who have nobody to advocate for them. I, I mean, yeah. it's almost yeah. like they, they, you just give them away yeah. to the prison and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's, it's more than just, you know, when you, when you're convicted of a crime and you go to jail, you lose your civil liberties. No, you become an animal, like you're, you're, you're subhuman and you're treated as such. And so, um, I think it's fantastic what you're doing for your friend. Um, uh, the, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out why anybody's languishing away in jail after, since legislation has changed to legalize marijuana. Anybody that has been convicted mm-hmm. for the sale of marijuana and whatever else, I, I still cannot figure out how they justify keeping them behind bars. Well, I just I, don't I, get it. I, I could tell you because they make money off of them. It was a post I, I mean, I've seen. You're right. Uh, uh, the prison industrial complex, it, yeah, it is crazy. an industry. It is was, a fucking industry. Free labor, it is an industry. Yes. So I, that I is why this, they're there. This video on social media is going around. This guy, his his uh, his bunkie, I guess, in, in prison has the coronavirus and he's covered up and he's trying to cover him with a mask. And he was like, they're letting everybody out, quote unquote, that have nonviolent offenses. But a lot of us are still here because they're making money off of us. And he's doing this illegally with his cell phone in jail, showing mm-hmm. where they're putting the dead bodies. He's like, I, I came in here for like, you know, panhandling drugs. He's like, but they're not letting me out. And they're not letting a lot of people out. They want to keep us here because they make money off of us. So a lot of us are dying. It, it's a crazy thing going on with the jail. So Jason, what you're doing, man, I salute that. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's really selfless. I'm not doing it for press. I don't, you know, I'm not doing it for that. I, I'm asking the public to actually help me there. There, uh, I was on live talking and there was a, or there's an organization that's actually focused on helping to get people out of prison who are in prison for marijuana offenses and like a pound of marijuana. Okay, great. He sold drugs and that's wrong. That was wrong at the time. We can debate whether or not marijuana was a drug or not, but a pound of marijuana, first time offender, eight years in prison. Like I just don't even understand how that's reasonable. And I'm, and I'm really disappointed that the governor's office, by the way, I'm going to put the number right here to the governor's office. If you have time, call and demand that uh, they respond to me. Um, I don't understand why they're not taking it serious. Now, when I first called as a concerned citizen, let me tell you how they tried me. Mm -hmm. I first called and I said, hey, my name is Jason Lee. I'm calling about such and such. You know, they really were rude, dismissive, putting me off, not calling Mm -hmm. me back. Finally, I got somebody in the call. I said, let me, I would call the governor's office. I said, let me fucking explain something to you who the fuck I am. (laughs) 
Stop what you're doing and go on Insta fucking Gram and look up the only Jason Lee or Google Jason Lee loving hip hop. Whatever you want to Google, like because I really because you're about to get this motherfucking smoke. You gonna get the smoke. <laughs> And um, then they, I could tell they were Googling me while they were on the phone. And then the tone changed. And then I got the chief of staff of the governor. But it's still like, you playing these games. And like now with COVID-19 damage, like you were saying that video, people in prisons are like, they have no protections. We have vitamins. We have teas. We have water. We have our homes. These people are bunked up with the disease. It's crazy. Yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary. It's, and also, um, I was just looking online the other day and I saw the lines, the physical line to apply for unemployment in Florida. Insane. It was terrifying. It looked like the modern day Great Depression. I remember seeing photographs back in 1929 and 1930 of people lined up for, you know, jobs, lined up to file for, like lined up just for, for food. And that's exactly what it looked like. And you saw anarchy breaking out. People were fighting. People were yelling and screaming. Mm. Some were wearing masks. Some weren't. There was no six foot distance rule employed there. And then you see people in Wisconsin lined up in order to try to vote. Like, oh my God. Every day I wake up, every day I wake up with the, you know, thinking to complain about something, I have got to keep reminding myself, Melissa, you are so blessed in comparison to so many people out there. Well, you know, and that, anybody and that, just sitting at home thinking, oh, I'm so bored, I'm so bored, I'm worried about that. No, it could be so much worse. Well, interesting you say that because speaking to Iyanla today on Hollywood Unlocked for Quarantine Chronicles, she actually said something very similar about it. I'm gonna just put that clip in right here. For me, the corona is the corona. It's here and we, got, we know what to do to protect ourselves. But the biggest enemy right now is fear. Mm -hmm. fear and stress you know and i keep saying to people what are you afraid of it's here are you doing what you need to do to take care of yourself you know your mask your hand washing not you know congregating out in the world it's here let's it's nothing to be afraid of mm -hmm. okay protect yourself uh and and do the best you can but the stress and the stress weakens your immune system. So you've got to give yourself permission to have it, to have the fear, to have the stress, to have the anger. Don't deny it or suppress it because that's what will weaken your immune system. Mm -hmm. You just don't want to buy real estate there. You, know? right. you don't want to be there for the week and start decorating. You know? Yeah, so I mean, she basically said that, I mean, we need to just not let it rent space in our head, not let it take over our body, not let it take over our lives. Because I think part of the stress that I have isn't necessarily that I caught it, like the anxiety I'm feeling now. Mm -hmm. It's it's all the reports I'm watching online. It's people losing everything or at least seemingly losing everything. And what I tried to say today was like, okay, if, you know, Ayala was, Ayala was saying like, think about the job that you had not being there anymore when this is over, because that's probably likely, right? Mm -hmm. How do you spend this time creating your new normal, your new mm -hmm. opportunity, the passion that you had, the vision that you always had? Are you making your vision board? Are you staying creatively busy to where your mind isn't spiraling in a situation that you can't control. And I, I keep thinking about that, but like you were saying with that line, when you look online and you see how many people are losing their job or you're calling family members and saying, Hey, has your boss allowed you to take that emergency FMLA so you mm -hmm. can work at home? Um, mm -hmm. 
it's 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 very devastating. And one one last thing somebody said was, "You guys think it's tough now? Shit, it was tough in the '60s. Every mm-hmm. one of our leaders was getting assassinated. Mm-hmm. You know, we were there were a lot of ish civil rights movement. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess this is really a testament of our strength and our faith and our endurance. And it's a reset on everybody that thought they was lit with their Louboutins and their this and this and oh, their yeah. fake asses. And I'm I'm, I'm at the club with it's bottles. Crazy. How lit are you now? The only person I will say is lit is um, I just saw the May cover of Architectural Digest and it's Drake's home. <laughs> Did you see that motherfucking shit? I have, a, I have a message from Drake on MySpace that said, when I come to LA, can I stay at your house? I'm going to find it. <laughs> You're lying. Well, he don't need that shit no more. That, gonna, his house looks like a hotel. The whole you- thing. Like, How are you going to wow. find a MySpace message? I have my I have my MySpace account. I can still log in and it's still it's there. Still a thing? You're lying. Yeah, my MySpace account is still there. I'm going to go get that and post it because at this point, Drake, I need to be in your house. Like I need wow. uh, I need to, to stay in your house. Wow. But Apparently let, Joe let, Buttons can, can't even get in the house. Well, I let's, don't know. Let, let's drop a couple pictures while we're talking <laughs> so you can yeah. see this lavish nigga. He even got a Birkin. We know you ain't got that Birkin. You ain't wearing that Birkin nowhere. Why, <laughs> Drake? Uh, lavish isn't even the word. You have to come up with a whole different lexicon in order to discuss Drake's house. Like I, listen, I'm not easily impressed. I've been kicked out of hotter shit. That no, that shit is bomb. I've wow. Been kicked out of hotter shit. <laughs> but but let, let me say, I do have to say, it made me so happy for him. Like I know, I remember before even before the world knew who Drake was. I remember how excited he was for he, he in the message on myspace he said this album i'm working on with wayne is gonna be iconic or something like that and he was like watch mm-hmm. and the fact that he literally manifested his dreams and he's he's living them out i mean and to be young fly now a dad to have his career be at the top of the game be so respected i'm happy for him like i'm not yeah. a hater whatsoever i'm happy yeah yeah but that's yeah. a message for everybody out there because a lot of people are losing their jobs of uh, they're creating their new normal man you just got to go hard don't give up like anything is possible use this time to build and work on a craft you know find yourself do not fall into that that slump of misery because i know it's hard a lot of us got kids a lot of us are taking care of our family with this money that we might be losing, but you know, there's a time to create our new normal. So let's turn up and find your way of staying calm. My way, like as I work through the, like right now I'm getting chills. So like, I'm wondering, okay, is oh that a God. symptom? Just turn the heat up, Jason. I think it's the heat that's making me hot, which is actually <laughs> reverse psychoticism for chills. But either way, I'm going to work through my own craziness. Drink some tea. I got tea. Oh, trust me. And I got some tea that I'm going to be spilling about Meg the Stallion, too. Oh, That's no. coming up soon. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing. And I'm going to go ahead and say it here, okay? Because everybody's going to say, oh, you're only saying you're only saying it because you want to talk about something huge. Something huge. No. Huge. I ain't, huge. I ain't Donald Trump, bitch. Huge. Let me say that this show's going to keep you laughing through the coronas. But let me just say... And I'm going to preface it with Meg the Stallion. You know I like you. I, I like you. I love your energy. Whenever I see you. Very likable. You're a very likable person. Whether I see you on Instagram or I've seen you in person. I haven't seen her in person that often. I've talked to you on FaceTime. I've seen you talk text message. The last text message she said was, I'm going to call you back, friend. Well, she ain't called me back. And it's cool. And I don't think of Meg the Stallion as a friend. <laughs> but let me tell you how I met Meg the Stallion. How? There was this looming 
perception that her and Cardi B were going to have problems because. Oh of, no! You told us this. How you saw mm-hmm. them backstage and then connected. I them saw. And- I saw yeah, Meg yeah. the Stallion backstage. Yeah. Okay. And then I Facetimed and put her on the phone with Cardi. Yeah. They had their moment, made sure everything was cool. They talked about doing music together. Her people got my number. Yo, we help us make this happen. And I was like, yo, I'm gonna help y'all make that happen, but I need to get my publishing because I ain't yeah. doing shit for free. I don't give a fuck about a hot girl <laughs> summer and I don't give a fuck about <laughs> I want my money. Yeah. Well, well that hot girl summer's been put on hold, that's for sure. But Go my on. thing, but my thing is is that <clears throat> why you drop your album and only 40,000 copies sold and you on the cover of Marie Claire but you ain't been on Hollywood Unlocked. Ain't no white girls cooking in the kitchen on Marie Claire buying your shit. But the people watching this show are your people. And that's the problem with celebrities. She has, she's with Rock Nation, her manager, Christy, misguiding her career. Don't return a phone call. Then you got her publicist, whoever that is, probably some white chick telling she's going to be somebody by being on the cover of Marie fucking Claire. I have a problem with that. But this is, again, yet this is the shit that consumers are buying into. Go to Meg Thee Stallion's Instagram right now and ask her, girl, why are you not on a show that's being seen by million or heard by millions of people all across the country and you on the cover of Marie Claire? Who is Marie Claire? And I went to the store, Melissa, because I said, maybe. <laughs> I went to the store, Did you have a mask girl. on? Did you have a hazmat suit on when you went all to the store? All of that. All of that. I said, let me go and see exactly what's happening on the cover of this Marie Claire. Because maybe it's helping her sell albums. And guess what? She ain't even on this week's cover. That's how fast the industry forgets about you. No, no, wow. no, no, no. That's the old, that's the last month's cover. Trust me. Right. I, wait, gonna... wait, wait, wait. Let me show you something. Let me show wait, you something. Listen, you, you, you read Marie Claire? Boom. And this isn't even fucking planned, people. This is literally one of my favorite magazines. It just is. I I think that the two things are mutually exclusive concepts. I do think that, Meg, you should come on our show. Meg, we come are on. fucking fans of yours. I personally love Bring the it, shit out of you. Bring so come it. on our show. I'm However, not begging her to come. I'm, I'm not, I'm not her. begging her. I'm telling her begging. that we want her on the show. I'm but besides bit. that, Kudos on your fucking Marie Claire cover. I I love Marie Claire. It is a magazine that is beloved by a lot of women, regardless of color, regardless of ethnicity and, and nationality. It doesn't matter. Age, we all love Marie Claire. So that was a good move. So, However, so, so, you should Melissa, still come on our show. Melissa, where's your iPhone? Do you have it near you? Pull it up. Uh-oh, here we go. Where's her album? Where the <laughs> fuck is her album? Let me see it. Put a song on right now. What? He's saying you don't There's have the new song. album. I Marie didn't know Claire, it was Marie. I didn't know it was out. Marie Claire ain't selling no motherfucking songs. That's the problem. You motherfuckers got it wrong. You need somebody to do your PR. Come to Hollywood Unlock. I know I sound okay. like Suge Knight. Let me help you with your shit. Okay, now hold on one second here. Jason Knight. As a woman in this industry, Meg is emerging as a fashionista, okay? We love everything about her. We love her hair. We love her nails. We love Cardi her Cardi B we dropped 255,000 copies first week, and she came on our show. Okay. I am not... I am just trying to tell you the reasons why she probably did Marie Claire. It is important as a woman, a young woman emerging in this industry as with as many eyeballs on her as Meg is... 
the fashion component is a huge component. Okay, Doing let me- The covers me, of women's magazines is extremely important. That's all I'm saying is that this is a mutually exclusive, it's a mutually it. exclusive concept. Megan. Far and away from the album sales and coming on the show. Let me, call, let me call Mark Jacobs or Christian Louboutin. That's fashion. She posts for Megan. Fashion Nova. Get the fuck out of here. Megan, come on this show. We represent the culture. We love you. You can sit next to me. Don't worry about Jason. Come sit next to me, all right? Come I, would, I, 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 would, me. I wouldn't give a fuck if she sat on a <laughs> pony and fucking blew bubbles on her way to fucking Coachella. All I'm saying actually, is... That would actually look really cute. Marie Claire, fun. Marie, and I don't hate Meg Thee Stallion. I wish her all we the know, success. We know. we know she getting fucked already from her last deal. So she already got something to talk about. And she did her run with everybody but us. And look, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Even if they don't come, because here's my whole thing. I am now resolute mm-hmm. on the fact that I'm going to keep it more real now. I'm just going to start. It's, it feel, look it, my, my, my coronavirus symptoms have evaporated because the, the adrenaline, by being honest, has freed me from the confines of the corona. I feel very free too. Free enough to show up to work wearing my bathrobe. I knew this was the only chance I was going to be able to do something like this. And one one last thing. One last thing. Let this cover be an example. Here today, gone tomorrow. It's last month's cover. Anyway, no. It is. It's like, it's the March cover, dude. One month you're hot. The next month you're not. Okay. Listen, last year we had, this year we had several of, uh, not even last year. Yeah, last year we had several of the rappers, female rappers in hip hop that have mattered to the culture, all mm-hmm. of which came on. Not one said that we couldn't ask questions. Not one left feeling hurt. All of them left saying they were great interviews. I'm not That's defending true. what we do because, we, you know, I talked to Joe Budden yesterday, uh, day before yesterday on Quarantine Chronicle yeah. or Quarantine Chronicle mm-hmm. on, on Hollywood Online. And the thing that Joe and I both bonded over was ownership. Melissa, you and I talked about that the other day, owning mm-hmm. our own platforms. Yeah. Damage, mm-hmm. you have your own. Melissa, you have your own. I have mm-hmm. Hollywood Unlocked. Mm-hmm. But, and Joe Budden has the podcast. And look at how free and successful we're all able to be in flourishing without the restrictions of the industry politics. Yeah. If, if Meg the Stallion never comes here, I ain't going to give two fucks because guess what? We're still going to keep it moving. Okay, can we, let's just give her a little bit of a break for still nah, being son. very- Nah, son, nah, son. But now she, all those crocodile tears, she was crying on Instagram about how, how she got fucked over when she signed a deal that she was hungry enough to get into. Nah, son, nobody gets a pass anymore. like me right now. <laughs> nah, son. <laughs> nah. Nobody gets a pass anymore. You know why? Because this whole coronavirus experience is showing us all that we need each other. Mm-hmm. It's a symbiotic thing. Uh, yeah, like, I, well, yeah, I agree with that. You know, whether you're um, Jeff Bezos or a homeless person, whether yeah. you're Hollywood Unlocked or Meg Thee Stallion, or whether you're a homeless person and the president of the United States, we are all equalized in this experience. We all need each other. No, I, I listen, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I mean, like, you know, me being in this industry it has been an uphill battle to get certain publications to pay any kind of fucking attention to me because they don't think that I have the pedigree of which they respect or value. You know, I didn't go to an HB, HBCU. I was born and raised in Toronto and went to school there. I didn't pledge AKA. I didn't go to fucking Jack and Jill. So that means 
means that certain magazines aren't going to pay any attention to me and don't what, pay any are, attention are they trying to, to me. Say you're not black enough. What, what does that mean? Why did you? I don't know. I don't. I don't no, no, no. I don't think that it's a black enough thing. I think because people like to remind me, you know, just because you got a white mother, Melissa, you are a black girl. It's like I don't. It's not even race politics. It's 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 elitism. That's what mm. it is. You know, it is, you are not our kind. You are, you don't have the pedigree of which we respect. And I'm just like, who the fuck came in and made you people the morality police? So I, I feel you on that, Jason. Like, you know, in this industry, it is about symbiotic relationships. It's not about thinking like that, you know, you're, you're above me or I'm above you. You know, at some point it's, we need each other. I mean, like, look, this is not even about Meg the Stallion per se. This is just, again, it was it was refreshing to talk to Joe about ownership and yeah. control and not having to succumb to politics. You know, we love the fact that we don't have to talk to people that we don't want to talk to. Nobody mm -hmm. sends somebody in front of us that you have to talk to these people. You know, but I just feel like, again, you know, if if you know me and you know that I tend to not necessarily be a fan of a lot of people. And I use the first time meeting you to try to make sure that the air is clear between you and the girl who's at the top of the rap game right now. The minimum minimal thing you should think about when it's time to do a radio run is I got to stop by Hollywood Unlocked. And that I mm -hmm. think is missing where people feel like we need them. We don't need anybody to have an opinion about them on this show. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think, again, you know, the, if we were to say there was a need, the need would be we need each other. But there mm -hmm. isn't a one there. What there isn't an imbalance to where we need, we won't survive without them. That's what I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, that's right. That's that's amen. Agreed. Amen. Yeah. Okay. Well, Meg, I hope Meg, you hear this. Show. Come on the show. We want to hear from you. You hear how Jason feels. You know, well, you got to support your own. You know, we do it for the culture. Come through. These coons don't support their own. That's not what they do. All they want is for white people and white media to suck their dicks. And you know what the sad part is? They spit you out faster than they can chew you. I've seen stars. Hold on. Let me last thing and I'm going to last thing and I, last thing and I'm going to get off my soapbox. I've seen Queen Latifah 27 years in the game stay at the top. Rise and then get to the top, mm. stay there and stay humble. These flavor of the month rappers, like whether, like that's why even Kodak Black begging to get out of prison. Fuck you. Like you, you have no respect for Lauren London, Nips, Nip Hut, Nipsey. So why would we care? I just got to feel like there's just no, there's no, there's no um, type of, um, I don't even know what the word is. Like you don't even think about like, yo, this motherfucker looked out for me. So I'm gonna look out for you. Or this motherfucker, I'm gonna give this person respect. Alliance? I don't even know if it's alliance. I don't even know what the word is. I'm done. I'm off. You want to know it's so, you want to know it's so crazy on the flip side of that, and then we'll go into hot topics because it's you know you brought up six nine and you know uh, he's um, being Kodak. given an early release due to Corona. But what's funny is that from my from where I you know my personal um, experience is I've been fighting to get into and acknowledged by black publications. You know what I mean, like the female black publications. Mm -hmm. The ones that my publicist has no problem pitching me to are the white publications. Like it's such in reverse where I'm like, I'm trying to get my own. So like people. what black publication hasn't like been responsive? Um, like Ebony? Essence. Essence. Okay. Big one. But Big do you one. think Essence is still mad at you from the time you uh, called out the editor in chief? Mm. I didn't really call out the editor in chief. What I did was I called out their hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. I called out their hypocrisy for, about for people that don't know. Can you refresh their memory? 
Um, it's a really funny story, actually. I was being interviewed by somebody, by um, uh, a writer for, I think, Vibe magazine, and it was a taped recording um, interview. And what I thought were off the record conversation was an off the record conversation because this girl actually happened to have been my former assistant. Oh, she printed my off the record um, uh, conversation. Fucking little what? bitch. <laughs> you know, I love her. Her name's Tracy G. Um, she's on Sway in the Morning Show. I I love her to this day. It took a second. It took a second to to forgive her for that shit. But it, it you know what it did is it wait. But flipped- what did you say? Tell the people what you said because I actually enjoyed the fact that. And that's why I keep trying to tell y'all, see, Melissa be up here trying to think about how y'all all going to think because she really wants the women to feel represented in a way that um, isn't sliding you up whatsoever. But sometimes you got to say some shit that's real shit to get people's attention. And I felt like this interview, you said what probably a lot of women at the time were thinking. They had a did they have a white editor in chief at the time? Yeah, they did. Um, or she was, or she wasn't black. That was that was for sure. At Essence um, magazine. But, yeah, and the other thing at the time was the thing was like so. So let me just say what I said. Um, I basically highlighted the fact that the people that they put up on the highest pedestal and keep putting on their cover over and over and over again, and they keep on placing this enormous amount of value on a certain type of woman, but disregarding a whole other type. I was just like, like I use the example of Naomi Campbell. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Naomi Campbell. Naomi Campbell's Naomi Campbell's anger management um, issues are well documented. This is a woman that has physically abused her staff, but yet she snaps her fingers. She can be on the cover of Essence magazine. Now everybody was, some people were like, oh, this is mad. She never got on the cover of Essence. No, that's not necessarily it because there's other women that I know that they have acted like they didn't exist either. Women that are worthy of coverage. You know, they're contributing members of society into their communities and all about women empowerment. So I'm just like, so when is a magazine that's supposed to be, you know, for us, by us, going to acknowledge our existence? And so that's basically the point that I made. And a lot of people agreed with me, but the question came up, is Melissa Ford the one that's able, the one who should even be having this conversation. And I'm just like, I'm the perfect fucking person to be having this conversation. And you want to know what's also very interesting about Essence Magazine is they actually employ the girl from the reality show that tried to kill me. So I thought that was really interesting that she's employed by them. But I digress. Do you think that's why they, do you think that's why they don't fuck with you because of her? Your guess is as good as mine. Your guess is as good as mine. But what I do know, what I do know after this conversation is if they never cover me or never invite me to do anything, I really, 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 really at this point, just I I cannot continue to care. I'm only going to continue to, um, you know, communicate and represent for the people that are a part of my tribe. And if they don't accept me or welcome me or think of me as one of theirs, well, then they're lost. Because I'm the doing way, really good things for other people. And the way that I f- you feel about Essence is the way that I feel about Meg the Stallion or anybody else who thinks that um, we need to kiss their ass or whatever, play the politics in order to have them on the show. I mean, yeah. that's just that that whole idea that y- you know you have to wonder why, as a black woman who's thriving, nationally syndicated, having your own show, having this show, having done what you've done for the culture have to somehow question why you're not being, why it's not being, you know, acknowledged is interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it is really interesting, you know, because, I mean, even if you didn't want to cover me, if you don't want to acknowledge shit, like, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, on this show, and then the fact that we're nationally syndicated, and mm-hmm. then on I'm Here for the Food, I mean, I just interviewed Shaka Sangor, who actually is a columnist for Essence Magazine, his book, you know, um, Writing My Wrongs, Life, Death, and Redemption in an American Prison. I've interviewed Michael Eric Dyson, Marcia Dyson. These are people that they hold in high regard. I, you know, I'm, I'm bringing, I'm, I'm having very introspective, you know, conversations that actually are helping people's lives. This is a contribution I'm making to not only my community, but to society, but I'm still, I'm, I'm, I'm still chopped liver. It's cool. It's super cool. Like I was, I, I, I can't allow myself to be upset about it anymore that this particular media outlet and whoever the gatekeeper is, whoever that gatekeeper is, I'm sorry if your man had a picture of me on his wall and he jer- jerked off to it. I'm fucking sorry. It is what it is, but wow. I can't, I can't solve the you know, sometimes it's an insecurity thing. I don't know. It's a mystery to me and it'll be continue to be a mystery to me, but fuck it. I'm with, over it. No, but with that being said, I have some iconic women on this wall. I need a photo of you on my wall, actually, Melissa. It's only right. And have you sign it? This I has will to be get done. you one of those. I will get Are you. Are you taking the pictures, print one of the pictures you took and have her sign that? Yeah. yeah. In the meantime, let's speak about other iconic women of color, Kim let's Kardashian and Kourtney Kardashian. They're fucking hilarious. <laughs> I mean, listen. Hilarious. At this point with the bronzer, I don't even know what color they are in real life. But I will say before we get into the story, shout out to Kim Kardashian West, who actually um, has a really good uh, show on Oxygen now where she's going into the prisons that she's working to get people out of. Love it. And, And it is a different Kim Kardashian. She's clothed from the neckline to the toe line. And uh, it's not about her beauty whatsoever. She had a chipped nail on the no. show. No, she didn't. Yes. Not the chip nail. Breaking news. A broken nail. Wow. <laughs> and I guess that's just her way of uh, connecting with that audience. But anyway. Um, wow. Yeah. So okay. they're in the news. Yeah. Okay. So um, I know everybody's seen this because we're all online. So the Kardashians, uh, was it season 56 of Keeping Up with the Kardashians? 1018. Season 18. Season 18 premiere featured a fist fight. A fist fight between Kim and Courtney. Uh, part one and part two uh, on IG showed the two of them throwing bows. We're online. We're it. online. Just take a look. Stop. Never. Guys, stop it. Take your nails in me. You guys, stop. Courtney. Courtney. You guys, stop it. Don't do that to each other. Are you guys okay? What on? That fight was way more intense than I thought it was going to be. Like, now, it hold really on a got. <laughs> Listen, we, we got to break. We got to break down the fight, okay? Because at one point, you know, we're not, Kim we're not, we're charges. Not, we're not. We're not reenacting the fight. I refuse. We're not gonna. We're not gonna reenact the fight. We're not. We're just gonna break down. You know, do like a little bit of it. So Kim charges at Courtney, okay? And Kim physically is a little bit bigger than Courtney. Courtney's like a little a wafy little thing. However. She got one good slap into Kim and Kim's face bounced off the wall and there's all makeup. I'm sorry. It was really funny. And then, I didn't feel like it was going to be a real fight, but she slapped the shit out of her. Like that, that really happened. 10 minutes later, you see fucking Chloe wiping the shit off her wall and Kim's in the mirror fixing her face and making I sure that everything it, is still where it's supposed I to be. I think it is an atrocity to see women fighting like that. I think okay, that... Yeah. Um, 
women need to love each other a little more, less fighting. Plus, all the girls in my neighborhood who used to fight, ain't no fight if titties ain't hanging out. So it wasn't necessarily that much of a fight. They're okay, siblings, well, too. But here's so here's the other thing. I was about to damage fighting. your right. And like, I fight with my brother. I'm sure I fought with my big sister at one point. Like, siblings fight. So when I seen it, it was normal. But I didn't know it was going to go to the level where people getting the shit slapped out of them. Like, she really slapped the shit out of Kim. I was like, oh. Yeah. Because <laughs> I We're thought it was going to be fake. Definitely not condoning violence. However, no. if you have a sibling, you know that you have grabbed that motherfucker's head and farted on it at some point in your life, okay? Like siblings, they fight, they go at it. There's sometimes tensions gotta be released. They've been doing this seat this show for like five hundred years, and Courtney has visibly kind of checked out. Like she's yeah. tired of being called the boring one. She's tired of being told, you know, you don't work as hard as the rest of us. She was fucking fed up. And Kim was usually the one to, you know, lead the, um, you know, like lead the charge in like making all those disparaging comments towards uh, Courtney. And she was like, I've had it. Okay. <laughs> well, listen. I thought it was great entertainment, and and I like when uh Courtney was about to uh, pull up on um on Chloe, and Chloe said, "All right, bitch, I, I'll whip your ass." You know, <laughs> shout out to her. Shout out to uh, uh Black China, who clearly threw shade on Instagram, uh, at least apparent shade. I don't know, but I did want to talk about something that's not in the notes today because mm. I know people are going to be people have been trying to pay me to talk about this, and it's the Ayana Mayweather and um. And uh, NBA young boy, young boy situation. Oh, let Lord. me say, let me say this, and I'm going to try to be very careful in how I say this because I'm a little too close to the situation. Um, you know, Floyd is a really close friend of mine, close uh, supporter of Hollywood Unlocked and uh, Hollywood Unlocked and Censored. I um, haven't even asked you about that shit. Well, a lot of people have asked me, and I've just yeah. I felt like it was inappropriate for me to talk about it, but I can't do what I do and not talk about mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. um and i haven't talked to floyd about this because I, I just feel like it's one of those things i'll wait for him to bring up if he wants to bring it up we, him and i are going to do an interview at some point soon or he'll come back mm -hmm. on the show but mm -hmm. i'll say you know floyd has been on our show twice and i've interviewed floyd probably four or five times and every mm -hmm. single time that we've talked to him we've said how he's a good father he is mm -hmm. a person who was not raised the best who who became a very successful uh, athlete who then became a great father and provided for his children. Um, I remember the first time I met Ayana, she told me she had to change her jewelry because it didn't match her outfit. And I was thinking, Ooh, that's different. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that the money has been the thing. I think it's the time. It's the fact that he's prepared her to take over his empire. Um, and I've seen him talk to his kids and, um, and be there for them. And I know that he, um, you know, there's been many times that I've seen Ayana getting close to NBA Youngboy and I've called Floyd with my own concerns. And I know he shared those concerns and we've talked about it. And I've done my best to try to tell Ayana, like, yo, you're a beautiful young girl. You have a big future ahead of you. You have a lot to be grateful for. This is probably not the best situation for you. And I know she's probably going to be mad that I'm saying this, but I said that privately. This last week has been so crazy because... Yeah. You know that whole saying that the warning comes before destruction? Yeah. And it's not taking heed to those warnings that lead you to where she is right now? <sighs> I got the news that she allegedly stabbed this girl. And I haven't talked to Yaya and I haven't talked to Floyd about it. But if that in, in fact happened, now it's real. Now it's not even about the other girls or the kids or the herpes or the this or the that. Now it's about your freedom and your father 
and his legacy and what mm-hmm. you are representing to the public. And I just kind of feel like it's so sad and I feel bad for everybody involved. And then I looked at um, Kodak Black's live where he was talking shit and he had talked shit about Floyd, called Floyd or bitch ass daddy. And I'm thinking like, this is the same that, bitch. That, that wasn't Kodak. That wasn't Kodak. That, that was, was, that was, was NBA. Young boy. Yeah. NBA yeah. Young Boy. Thank you. Sorry. NBA Young Boy. Okay. I get all these animals mixed up. <laughs> oh, fuck. But the fact that he said your bitch ass daddy when that was, you, that was wild. you asked Floyd to pay for half of the house that your wife was going to live in. You asked her bitch ass daddy for her hand in marriage and he supported you. Floyd ain't never going to come out and defend himself. And I ain't even asked him if I could put this out. But Floyd gave you permission to mm-hmm. marry his daughter, even though he may not necessarily be a fan of yours. And now you disrespect him like that. And for Yaya to sit there and let him disrespect her dad. I was so disappointed and I'm still disappointed, but I don't know. Did you guys see all this play out? Cause when he woke her up and he said all that, she looked afraid to be honest. And and that's really my big concern. She looks afraid. I don't know what's going on in that situation. I don't like speaking on things I don't know about, but she is a young lady. Uh, I don't know if y'all know young boy is one of the biggest artists for that generation. He's huge. He's the number one uh, stream artist on YouTube. He's really a massive thing. In that generation, so I don't I know what's going on. on. Exactly, but I know for that generation of people like Money Yaya and everybody that's younger, he's like honestly, he's their Tupac, Jay Z. He's not. He's like their little Wayne. You know, I don't okay. want to just throw names okay. around loosely, but he is a huge artist. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the lore, but I, I did see some fear in her eye, and I'm just like, I hope somebody's able to go over there and just see if she's okay because is she being, you know what I'm saying? Like these domestic situations. They go so many different ways, so I don't know. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. Like, I can transport myself right back to the thought process and the mentality I had as a young girl of 18 and 19 and 20 years old in love. Mm -hmm. Um, The hormones, the emotion, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Like, of course, I have logic and reasoning and experience to go off of now that... I'm a, I'm an adult and a seasoned adult, but I've been seasoned by these experiences and these fucked up experiences. And, you know, when I was her age, I was involved with somebody who was, you know, a little handy, um, and a little, um, aggressive and stuff like that. And, and, and in all honesty, it sounds fucked up, but it's part of the allure. Sometimes girls process that as he cares, he wouldn't yell and scream at me. He wouldn't, you know, physically put his hands on me if he didn't love me so much. It sounds crazy, but Mm -hmm. I know that this is what they think. And I will also say that domestic violence status, socioeconomic status, um, race, um, how much money you have or don't have, none of that plays in. It's it's a non-fucking factor. Anybody can be a victim. And it sounds crazy having a father like Floyd. How could this happen to her? But I mean, we can... And we can really like push our family and our friends away if they're, you know, if, if that's what is happening in our household. If you're, if, if you're, if the, if the person that you love is, you know, basically trying to isolate you away from your friends and family, the ones that love you, you're, you're probably going to do that. You're probably going to go along with it. That could be what you're seeing damage. And that will be why you're disappointed, Jason. But I mean, I have a different level of understanding for of, of this, and I yeah. I pray she she gets a she gets a really big moment of clarity, yeah, and sees this relationship for what it actually is. 
And you never want to be in a situation where you in so deep now you have permanent scars like the alleged stabbing. That's something that's going to be on your record. That's a permanent scar. So even if you move out of the situation, you have something that lingers. So, I mean, like I said, she looked afraid. Every time I see them two on his live and I see her face, it doesn't look like she's like screaming and supporting him. She looks like like she's afraid. So, you know, that Mm -hmm. bothered me a lot. And and she loves him too. But I would say that like, you know, and again, I'm going to handle this delicately because I'm too close to the people. And Mm -hmm. I love Yaya. I love Floyd. I care about their family. I I check on her mom via her mom, Melissa, who loves her also. You know, she's Mm -hmm. a grown woman now and she's Mm going to make grown mistakes, grown uh, decisions. But I will tell you, had that knife punctured the girl's lung and she died, this be a whole other conversation. And again, I feel like, you know, she got jumped already. She got jumped on in Houston or in Texas. Mm -hmm. That was a warning. Now you allegedly stabbed somebody. It's like it's it's increasingly getting worse. And the fact that you're doing all this for a man who had another woman in his bed that led you to the act is a sign. It is a big hazard sign with blinking lights and there's a man out there like on the planes where he's doing this, showing Forrest you that Gump you're, is running by. You're going you the know. wrong direction. And you know what? All I can do is what Melissa said and is pray, is pray for her. Yeah. Because... Only she's going to be able to be the one yeah. that consciously gets herself out of this. She has got to mm-hmm. mentally disengage. And it takes a lot of time to mentally disengage from somebody who may, you know, be an abuser, which, you know, even if even if he never puts his hands on her, which is hard to believe. And it's just, you know, like it's just verbal abuse that in itself is extremely traumatizing and that can imprison you, you know. And so I, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day where victims of domestic violence, if it's mental, physical or emotional, you there's a window of time of which you have to spend away from your abuser to even be able to see clearly. And I don't think that she's allowing herself to even do that. So it really is just like prayers. You've got to send her way to that she finds this moment of clarity, you know, to see the forest for the trees. Well, Otherwise, I, who knows what's going to happen. And I think Yaya needs to remember one thing. And I say this to women all the time, women in the industry, you are the prize. We mm-hmm. do not talk about NBA young boy at Hollywood unlocked until he's dating Floyd's daughter. He mm-hmm. did a song saying fucking on your favorite athlete's daughter. How is that even respectful? That's no way yeah, any type not, of... That's different. That's not that's an totally honor. Different. That's not an honor. That's a disrespect. And it is... And and he's smart. These people who work on... Who do social media, YouTube and Instagram and all... They know how to get us all talking because they fuck with the Amber Roses. They fuck with the Melissa Fords. They fuck with the Karuchis. Nobody's talking about Victor Cruz in, in the blogs, but they talk about him now because he's dating Karuchi. Mm-hmm. That is, I hope... The, the thing that Ayana gets that she is the prize. He's not the oh, prize yeah. because he's the, big, he's the big dog on YouTube. You're the prize. And I oh, hope yeah. that you see that oh, value yeah. in yourself. Oh yeah. She needs, she needs to take a, she needs to like right there. Victor Cruz is a perfect example. Like he has put Karuchi on a pedestal. That is his queen. And she reflects the, the happiness. Like she is constantly smiling. She is glowing. She is She's in a very happy relationship, and we can only hope the same thing for, um, for Yaya. And I hope, but, and I hope that people will remember she's a young girl. So be easier on Instagram, yeah, you know. Yeah. Be easier on our yeah. social media. Be more. 
have have the same outlook i think that melissa had that damage had about think about what she's going through think about her mindset not be so quick to destroy her or attack her because she yeah. is a young girl that's just have a little bit more compassion yeah, yeah just have a little bit at, at this they're point both we children that's the yeah. sad part they're both kids yeah at this point everybody should have a lot of compassion for it each and every one of us, like we're, we're all going through it. You know what I'm saying? So just have a little compassion for the fact that she's 19 years old. She's in love with somebody that may not be he's the 20, best person he's 23 for her. with four kids. Okay. So can we go on with hot topics? Okay. So listen, um, <laughs> really quick, I guess we have uh, next week's show is Dame Dash. We're going to be interviewing mm-hmm. him in a second, but um, Nene Leaks and Wendy made the, uh, they made the blogs yesterday. Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was watching Wendy's show from home, her and Norman, and uh, Wendy was talking about the fact that Nene Leakes had called her on a FaceTime call, and Wendy was distraught and just you know confused by the fact that when that uh, Nene had tried to do this because she was under the assumption that Nene was filming Real Housewives of Atlanta. And Wendy went so far as to say that she wasn't going to pick it up because I am not the sidekick of a housewife. I have built this incredible empire. I've been in this business for 35 years. I Which am is not a the fact. Sidekick. Which is a fact. It is a fact. It is a fact. Um, but what doesn't seem to be a fact is that it seems Nene did not have a full house, What, which is what Wendy assumed she had. She only had her son there and that she wasn't filming for Real Housewives. But she was live on Instagram to thousands of people. Oh, but she was live on Instagram. Okay. Well, whatever happened, there seems to be some kind of confusion between what was happening. But um, Nene turned to Instagram to say, I am not going to discuss Wendy like how she discussed me. Friends don't air each other out. So the conversation I have with her will be in private. So don't ask me about it. Um, but hmm, child. I did like that about Nene though, her response. I did like it how she It was classy. She and was down, so that's still my friend. What I got from that was like, look, even though we got this going on, that's still my dog. I'm going to hold it down. We're going to talk. But she didn't yeah. try to, you know, take the the low road and you know to throw shots back or whatever. So I did respect that about Nene. Yeah. Well, I call I call Wendy to tell her she said that on Instagram, and I just had Nene on Quarantine Chronicles. I like Wendy and I like Nene. Let's just say, for example, I get um, okay. I'll use an example right now. You guys know I've said on the show I'm building a new relationship with Serena Williams, right? Mm-hmm. So if I call Serena Williams on the phone, on speakerphone while I'm on live on Hollywood Unlocked to ask her to go live with me, that's not right. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not right. Now, somebody like a Wendy and like a me, Melissa, or even Mm -hmm. like a you, right? Mm -hmm. If I call damage on, if, if I call damage on the phone, on speakerphone while I'm on live, damage isn't a reckless person. He's going to be like, what's up? Or I'm, I'm busy or whatever. Mm-hmm. If I call you, you mm-hmm. could say anything. Imagine if Wendy, you know, Wendy's never said anything negative about Ellen, but say she would have answered the phone. She'd say, Wendy, what you doing, girl? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Wendy, and Wendy, who's known to say anything, mm-hmm. said, watching this white bitch, Ellen. Mm-hmm. 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 Front page I, national I news. Agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do agree. All of us that work in entertainment, if we're going to be on live on any platform and call somebody, you let them know, like, hey, 
Just before you say anything, I'm on live. Like I'm gonna call you on speakerphone and I'm yeah. on IG live. So don't you say anything do that. fucking crazy. Yeah, especially it's somebody as that's as that. big. Both of them, Nene. If I was called Nene, same way. Like Nene, I'm live right now. Before you even say hello, just want to ask if you want to go live with me. So I do understand mm-hmm. that. Now mm-hmm. this is the second time. Again, this is me being objective. I like both women, but this is the second time they've not been on the same page. Remember, Wendy went on her show and said that they were racially profiled at Bergdorf's while they were shopping in New York. And then Nene went on Watch What Happens Live and said she don't know what happened. She didn't see nothing. And then Marlo went and did an interview with Essence and said that Wendy had said it in the moment. So there's been a moment already where they haven't been on the same page. And I'm praying for the friendship because both are very outspoken women and both have platforms and both really don't give a fuck if shit goes downhill. But I would just say to the point of calling somebody on video or on the phone without advance notice and on live, I mean, that's dangerous. And I'm already a person who doesn't care about what I say, but I don't want to be thinking that this is why I I did take out of Floyd's book and I do damage. I FaceTime you, Melissa, I FaceTime you. Mm-hmm. Because I, I need to see who who over there. What are we talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nobody over here. Though. I get it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean that's two superstars right there. And I like I said, I love I love Nene's response because she didn't go and say something smart. She was like, "We're gonna talk, so we're not gonna address this here, and we're gonna talk." And then she still made it seem like there was a friendship there. I like that because they've been friends for so long. So. Nene also made it clear that she does not fight with anybody over social media unless she's getting paid for it. So, mm, bloop. Well, but that was, bag, that, that was also a like shady way of talking about it without talking about it. Like, Nene know what the fuck she's doing. And yeah. if you yeah. haven't seen Quarantine Chronicles, go to HollywoodUnlocked.com. Look up Nene's episode because she actually did her live with me while she walked through her extravagant mansion talking about the slums of the people at the Real Housewives of Atlanta <laughs> that she has to work with. When Wendy says she's not going to slum it with a housewife, I had to throw my phone down. It was too much. I know. I slum know. it is that like was... slum it is like my house. You know, you're not. A... <laughs> we, we can go on that note, okay? But uh, keep coming back. We'll be here and go to HollywoodUnlocked.com. Leave comments. YouTube. We we read them. I'm going to stop reading comments at some point. I have to. Yeah. It's making my anxiety. <laughs> I feel the anxiety coming up right now. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. And also, for those of you that think oh, this, no. is where, this is where the culture lives. Oh, my God. Jason, did you? Bye. Bye, everybody. What up, YouTube? Thank you for watching this reckless show. Yeah, and hit that subscribe button and don't forget to hit the notification bell. And also don't forget to share and leave a comment because we are reading. <laughs>